This is Lou Groza of the Cleveland Browns. Hi, Ohio for Cleveland. What's up, y'all? That's Anthony Sellers. And that's Eric Jordan. And this is Browns in Our Blood. A weekly show where we talk about our favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. You can catch it in video and podcast. On the hyphen podcast group. Dot com. And Monster Long Sound Vision. So. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> I got like 15 seconds. Children of all ages, welcome to episode 60, 60 episodes, in. episode 60 of the number one concert review podcast in the world. I'm your host, EG, and welcome to Catch the Show. How are y'all doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right because honestly... I'm a little disappointed with the with the with the the listening, uh, the the, the listenership. I guess because I want to say viewership, but you can't view a podcast unless it's on YouTube. But yeah, the the the, the man, y'all, if y'all have not listened to my Slipknot episode, please go fix that and give that episode a listen, man. La. Nah, not too much hard work, but yes, it's two and a half hours long almost, but just skim through with some shit. I don't care how you listen to it. Just listen to the damn thing. Go listen to my Slipknot episodes. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me if you go listen to the Slipknot episode. Go listen to even my latest episode of my other show, The Underground Monster, if you care about Juggalo and underground hip-hop related shit like that. If not... Whatever, but if you know someone that does, pass it along to them. Just go listen to any of my previous episodes that may interest you. If you are a true podcast listener, do that thing. Um, as well as make sure you are following me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. Same handle, same you uh, username at Catcher of Shows. Get on there and like all my shit before Instagram takes the likes away. Do all that at Catcher of Shows on Twitter and Instagram. And do the same thing for the collective of amazing podcast brethren that I am part of called the Hyphen Podcast Group. Same place as Twitter and Instagram at cat, uh, at Catcher of Shows. <laughs> Again, that's me. But Twitter and Instagram at Hyphen Podcast Group. Follow them there. Do the nice things such as listen to the shows, subscribe to this show, my other shows, and their shows as well. All of them all on the same network, same community, hyphen podcast group. Great shows like Hyphen Nation, 
Ilapal, which stands for it's like a podcast or whatever, uh, a, a podcast called Fresh for all your nerdy nerd talk, comic books, and all that jazz. Browns in their blood for the football people, the sports junkies. And many more, many more, man. We have several, several shows that make up the Hyphen Podcast Group. You can find us on the social medias, like I said, man, at Hyphen Podcast Group on anywhere where you can search at the at symbol and then something. And then, of course, if you're old-fashioned, we have a website, www.hyphenpodcastgroup.com, which has all the shows laid out there and all the shows, episodes, and stuff there. You can go to that site and find everything there, and they'll take care of it. We're on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, even Stitcher, Anchor, Google Play, and, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, hey, just, just, you have no excuse to be, if to be listening to this and not listening to everything else. No excuse. No excuse at all. We also have um a Patreon just to help support the website, keep the website up so that you, people like you can go there and support and, and find all the shows and listen to the episodes and stuff. You know, the link to the Patreon is in the, should be in the show notes, be in the description of this episode and past episodes as well. Uh, so that you, you can, um, you know, just support pick a tier become a patron and all that jazz so yeah man i'm gonna keep it uh i'm gonna keep it a bit brief as, as much as i can some of you already know how that goes um but yeah man yeah this is episode 60 uh and we're getting closer to the end of the year which is weird we're getting close to the end of the year which is really weird um years just been going by fast like nothing but yeah man we we got some uh we got we got a few things to talk about um first thing i want to address before i get into the news and a couple of tours that are going to be happening very soon um the catch up no one has given a shit about the catch up to be frank to be honest but um i i've been thinking about it cuz i'm just like you know, I said I was going to do it. The last time we did it this year was a big thing. You know, me and uh, uh, HPG affiliate um, or, or just, you know, one of the main, the, the Nick Fury, in my opinion, of Hyphen Podcast Group, Marcus, Show Mad Love Robinson. We did a couple episodes um, in relation to the catch up, which for, for all you that are listening to this and don't know what the catch up is, the catch up was a segment that I have done twice now where I just went to an artist's uh, catalog, an artist that I'm familiar with, but not really familiar with their albums per se. And I just went to their catalog and I just made my way from the first album up to either their, their last album or up to a certain point in their catalog, depending how large, how mass their catalog is. Um, first, first act I did was Kiss. I've always known who Kiss was. I used to love Kiss as a kid, but I never actually heard a Kiss album until I did the catch-up. Uh, and the second one I did was 3-6 Mafia. Same thing for them, uh, which made me a huge 3-6 Mafia fan. And 
ended up seeing DJ Paul live for the first time this year, right afterwards, which was perfect because I knew all the words, all the songs, and it was yeah. So I'm 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 catch up is gonna be coming back. It was supposed to come back this fall, but just you know, I ended up having another podcast I was doing, and the shows have been picking up for this show. You know, the concerts have been picking up for me to see. So, uh, yeah, I just basically um have not had enough time to really thoroughly get the catch up together the way I want to I mean I'm still well no I I was at the time I was still trying to figure out who am I going to do on but I'm pretty sure I know who will be next for the catch up Um, it's going to be hip hop it's going to be rap Um, and it's going to be a very interesting way to tackle it is the way I'm going to do it but we're going to do that 2020 we're gonna do that in early 2020 um because i think the music news anyway shit will be pretty slow good time to do that stuff because i normally do the catch-up and normally review the albums where at the beginning of the episode before i get into the actual show and so uh i, I think that'd be better and yeah yeah so that's it you know yeah who who the catch-up will be on i will save that for the last episode of this year the last catch the show episode of 2019 i will say who will uh who will we be doing uh who i will be doing for the catch-up in 2020 so yeah that's that let's just get into the music news at this point on which i really only have couple things to talk about i had a lot more but i just you know they became old news at this point and they're really stuff i don't really have much of an opinion about i'm still after doing this show for a year now i'm still tweaking things as we go because i can i can ramble on about some shit that some of y'all probably don't even care about but uh, uh go listen to my last episode of the underground monster or go listen to the slipknot episode i just told you to listen to go listen to that you know i can ramble on about some shit that 90 80 percent of the population could not care about um and you know hey i mean for a good podcast it's gotta be some things to care about it's gotta be some topics to talk about i could talk about ti being a weird dad and, and you know examining his daughter's hoo-ha but uh you know i think everyone across the board can agree that that is just uh. (laughs) yeah that's it you know but um what i don't think everyone across the board is agreeing with is what recently happened at the Camp Flognaw Festival that is done by Odd Future or AK or just Tyler the Creator himself. Um, Camp Flognaw is played. I wanted to go to Camp Flognaw. Man, so good thing I didn't go this year because there's been a little controversy lately. In case you haven't heard, so. When Camp Flogno was the first, uh, when the lineup for Camp Flogno this year was first uh, originally announced, I think I might have even covered it on the episode, but uh, there was question marks in the lineup on the top, almost on some top billing, 
And so everyone had their that was going had their speculation of who it was going to be. And I guess it seems like from what I've seen, most people, majority of the people going there were expecting Frank Ocean. I guess because of the odd future tie-ins and whatnot. I I know I didn't even care. I forgot about it until somebody recently brought it up amidst all this nonsense going on. <clears throat> Water on the podcast. Who the thunk? But um, yeah, it turned out to be Drake. And he was not well received, as most of you know. He got booed. He got booed off the stage. He 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 had to leave. He knew he could tell the crowd was not feeling him, and he had to leave. And and this caused a whole a whole um frenzy, I guess. I don't know what to say. Like it just basically. It was a it was a topic for a couple of days, kind of still is, um. And and what I agree on with people, with people, is that booing is not cool. Booing sucks. I I kind of defer in that I get booing, I get it, I understand it. Nobody wants to be booed though. I don't want to be booed. You don't want to be booed. Um. Nobody really wants to be booed. It's not a fun feeling. It's also it's also straight up annoying. You know, it it's it's it can be annoying, it can be just dumb. <laughs> uh I I have to point out, um, there used to be there was this there was this series at one time where we were trying to put build a boy band together uh of former boy band members uh, I think the lineup was um, what's his name Brian is it Brian from Color Me Bad the main the lead, the main lead singer basically of Color Me Bad um, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC uh, I think his name is Jeff of 98 Degrees and the late Rich Cronin of LFO uh, I can't remember what the show was but they put them all together in a boy band. They did the national anthem at some game, and they got booed. And when they went back, Rich Cronin made light of the situation by just sort of basically breaking down, you know, jokingly, like how does people, how does you know, the the, the concept of booing and how how someone can even get to the point of booing. It's it's a funny funny vid you can find uh, online. You know, rest in peace to Rich Cronin. Rich Chrome, uh, Rich LFO, but yeah, it, it booing is it, it's it's booing stinks. It's not fun to get booed. Nobody wants to get booed. That's basically it. I agree with that. Um, what I what I don't agree with that a lot of people were saying on is sort of this pity party for Drake. I don't I don't feel bad for Drake. I don't feel bad that Drake popped up at a festival of a certain crowd that you would, the last thing you would think is, oh, they will go nuts for Drake. A certain crowd, and they didn't receive him well. And they let that, they let it be known. And 
Yeah, I don't agree with a lot of people sort of acting like, what is wrong with you people? You booed Drake? How dare you boo Drake? You should be appreciative that Drake was even in your presence. I love Drake. Not everyone loves Drake. Not everyone is a fucking Drake fan. I'm still mixed on Drake after all these years. And I've been following his damn career since he was on the grassy. Literally, when he when when it came out, the Drake was like, "Wait, so Drake's just Jimmy from the grassy, the Next Generation? That's who this Drake guy everyone's talking about is." Fast forward to now, it's you know, it's like we all know who Drake is, and you know. I, you know, I, I, again, booing sucks. I don't agree with booing, but it happens. It's, it's a thing. It's not, it's not a new concept. It's, it's, it's nothing new. Booing's been going on forever. It ain't, it ain't, and booing, <clears throat> booing still goes on. Go to a wrestling event. Go to a sports event. Booing is still a thing. And I, I, I guess it's just this sort of fact that, okay, they booed a big name artist, one of the biggest artists in the world. And everybody kind of feels sympathetic or sorry about it. Everyone feels ashamed over it. I'm just, it's like, I, I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Booing is, 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 it's, it's not cool. You know, but at the same time, it's Drake. Like, are we really upset that Drake of all people got booed? And, and, and I mean, the context of the situation on top of it's not his crowd. Like, that's an odd future crowd. Like, let's take it that that's an odd future crowd, or at least a crowd that is not a mainstream rap or pop loving crowd which Drake falls in the category of so Drake isn't necessarily what most of those people are looking for I mean the kind of joke or whatever the rumor was was that everyone was expecting Frank Ocean and they wanted Drake to leave so Frank Ocean hit the stage but Frank Ocean was never I guess expected to even be there and if that's the case then I mean how did that I just don't get the whole take that everyone is going with this where it's just it's just kind of like Fuck them for booing Drake. How you guys boo Drake? Well, you guys don't like Drake? What's wrong with y'all? How y'all not like Drake? A lot of people don't. There's people that don't like Beyonce. There's people that don't like Rihanna. There's people that don't fucking like Tyler, the creator. Why is, where have we reached this point where, and so many artists, so many artists, so many celebrities, so many industry People that are on my timeline just kind of just like I'm gonna stream Drake because y'all crazy. Really, y'all, you think Drake is hurting that bad where he needs your support through streaming? <laughs> like, you think it's that that sad? That say, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's part of Drake that's just like, what the fuck? I, I thought I thought they would like this, which sucks. But I mean, I I I just don't get the whole in defense of Drake about it. And I, I know part of it has to do with like, you know, Drake does come with this, you know, with him being so huge and just so 
I don't know. I mean, just just there's a cynical part that comes out of people with him. And it's just like, eh, fuck Drake. Even though I kind of like Drake, I guess. <laughs> but I guess, you know, to say it's cool to hate on Drake, some people say, which I don't really think it's cool to hate on Drake. I just think he makes, he just has a lot. There's some things to critique with him. And I, I think he is a little overrated in some parts, but at the same time, he, he deserves his credit in, in aspects. But it's like, this was not his crowd. Like, if this fucking same, if he popped up at a fucking warp tour or something and the crowd did the same thing, or people, or, I think it would even be more ludicrous if people were doing the same shit. Like, how do y'all not like Drake? Because they're fucking punk crowd. So, how did a fucking odd future crowd, a crowd that, that prefers what, maybe like Brockhampton and Thundercat and, and, uh, West Coast rap and, and Tyler the Creator and, Frank Ocean, how did they not love an appearance by Drake? Because they're not Drake's crowd. It's plain and simple. I don't, I don't get the, yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get the, 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 <clears throat> just sort of this bandwagon of fuck those fans and, and we sh- y'all should, love Drake and it's, it just kind of annoys me it just feels like this elitism bullshit kind of just feels very elitist you know especially on the on the aspect that we always make fun of Drake don't we doesn't everybody make fun of Drake and his fans and his stance that he has so like when all of a sudden now all of a sudden we're we feel bad for I just I don't know there's also a part of me that just is kind of that has a this you know not conspiracy, but just sort of an opinion on how the rap community cherishes rappers a little too much. You know, where it's just like, you know, you look at the free ASAP thing or just how free a lot of free a lot of rappers that sometimes don't really deserve to be free. Not saying that ASAP Rocky didn't deserve to be free. That that whole situation was fucked up in itself, but just sometimes we we champion things for rappers when they don't always deserve it because it's just it's just you know I don't know it's just some glamorizing and and love for rappers like the whole thing with 21 Savage and Ice you know you hoped he got out of the situation but at the same time it's like oh he got a lot he got some privilege you know he got some special treatment because he's 21 Savage, he's a rapper. But what about all the other immigrants and, and and people that have been detained by ICE? You know that kind of thing, where it's just sort of like we we, you know, we we hold rappers too high, or we just hold artists in it too high in regard, and and want them to get special treatment against over everyone else. And it's just like if any other Joe Schmo got booed, we laugh at. It. I mean. Hell, if it was Ja Rule, we'd laugh at it too, but because it's Drake? No, that's where we have to draw the line. I, I don't fucking get it. Because Drake's popular. Because Drake's the biggest artist in the world. If Drake's the biggest artist in the world, he could take a fucking getting booed by some fans that aren't even fucking... I don't know. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I tweeted a bunch of shit about it. It's over and done with. But I just... I agree. Booing. 
not cool. Maybe they shouldn't have booed him. But at the same time, I can't feel bad for Drake being booed by a crowd that really aren't typically known as Drake fans. You really wouldn't expect him that much to be Drake fans. You know? And and I'm not going to fucking talk shit on the crowd. Like, I, I, I kind of took a little offense to, to people making fun of that those people there simply because they booed Drake. Like, really? This is this is a this, this is that big of a deal. Emo black kids or whatever people want to make fun of you. So what? We don't like Drake. They don't like Drake. I don't like Drake. Is that a problem? Am I am, am, am I need to be ostracized or whatever because I don't like Drake? Like that's kind of what it felt like at the harvest. It's like, oh y'all don't like Drake? More so than the booing. It just kind of almost felt like it came down to, so y'all don't like Drake, huh? What's wrong with y'all? But just don't care for Drake. They just don't care for Drake. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't want to go too long on this, but you know, Drake's. I think Drake's gonna be all right for everybody. I think Drake's gonna be okay. I. I, I think Drake is gonna be okay. You know, I, I, I think he's going to pull through. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be fine at the end of this. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be all right. I think I have a good feeling about this. I think Drake's going to be all right. Y'all. I, I think so. I think so. I think so. I hope I'm right. Hope I'm right. Cause if I'm, cause if I'm wrong, then I wasn't right. So, now they're beyond that. The other thing that I really want to talk about is about some reunions going on. Oh yeah. Reunions. Reunions. Yes, reunions. Of course, some people know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, who I'm referring to. My chemical romance is reuniting they have they are coming back together next year my chemical romance was a a, a pretty pivotal band for for um teen teenagers in the the early to to mid 2000s i guess you would say um definitely a huge band uh really represent I guess you could say the emo emo scene or the, the you know the emo crowd that was going on or whatever they were very much a really, really try to describe what their sound was they were just a rock band essentially and they had their own you know they had aesthetic that kind of uh, uh, was relatable or just you know you know that was very uh, engaging I guess I don't know very in- interesting for a lot of fans, you know. But they definitely represent the emo crowds, your hot topic kids, and whatnot, like me back in the day, because I was that age, and and they were that band at the time, along with like Fallout Boy and Paramore and Taking Back Sunday and shit. So, but yeah, I was I was a fan of of MCR. Uh, I was kind of late on it on them like I wasn't you know three cheers for revenge like I, I missed down that but um 
Black Parade is where I came on board with. I came on board for the Black Parade. Um, even though realistically, I was more a fan of the used. I was more a fan of the used in Taking Back Sunday and Fallout Boy. But I still like my chemical romance. I still like them. But yeah. People there's there, people have just been waiting, holding their breaths for an MCR reunion for long. So I think earlier this year or last year maybe it was that there was a teaser for something related to MCR and everyone thought it was gonna be a reunion. And it wasn't, but we have official we, we have an official reunion, ladies and gentlemen. They are officially officially back. Uh back in and up and running, man. They have some shows that they are going to be doing very soon uh this year actually friday december 20th this year at the shrine expo hall in los angeles california my chemical romance will be making their comeback they'll be making their return to the stage my chemical romance the show though is already sold out so if you're just hearing about this and you haven't got tickets Sorry, it's it's sold out. It's it's their reunion. They're coming back. You know what you expect. But um, that's not it though. That is not it. Uh um, they have other shows, man. They are back up and running. They will be at Download Fest in Australia, uh, next year, headlining. Um, they'll be in New Zealand also. With special guests Jimmy Eat World, Midnight Youth, and Miss June. Um, they'll be doing Download Fest in Japan as well, headlining that as well. Um, and they just recently announced a few days ago that that show they'll be doing in Los Angeles uh, will be uh, will actually have another band opening for them. Another band as special guests uh, that I loved back in those days, uh, Thursday. Uh, understanding car crash uh, it's one of my favorite songs but um yeah man so they'll be Thursday will be uh, on that show as well but yeah man MCR is back and I hope they will do a tour tour man because I want to go I want to see them I want to see them I, I did not get to see them when I was uh, 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 you know, during their heyday when I was aware of them, because I, like I said, I I liked them, but I wasn't as big a fan of them as I were other bands. But I didn't see a lot of the bands I loved back then when they were out and they were hot and popping. So I gotta make up for that. I gotta make up for that, especially with My Chemical Romance. But My Chemical Romance isn't the only band that's back, baby. No, they're not, they're not the only one. Because <sighs> I guess next year is going to be the year. Of the reunions, but Rage Against the Machine is finally, finally back. Rage Against the Machine is finally back. The word is that they will be uh, possibly headlining Coachella and then doing some other shows as well. Um, but yeah, man, basically. To put it simple, Rage Against the Machine will be coming back next year. They've even gone as far as Prophets of Rage is officially over, which was the side project that everyone in Rage, with the exception of Zach and Chuck D of Public Enemy and DJ Lore, who's Public Enemy's DJ, and Be Real Cypress Hill, were all doing together. 
uh, that's over because Rage Against the Machine is fully coming back next year. Um, I don't know if there's been any other shows other than Coachella is supposed to be the one that there will be coming back doing, but I am praying just as much, just the same thing with MCR that they will be touring, that they will tour and not do what System of the Down did. Well, System of the Down toured. When System of the Down reunited, originally reunited, they they did tour, and I was able to catch them. And as I said in my Slipknot episode, that was one of the best metal shows I ever saw because uh, it was the System of the Down and Deftones, two of my favorite bands ever. And so, yeah, man, wouldn't it be the shit in My Chemical Romance and Rage Against the Machine said, man, why don't we just get together and tour and just fucking just make all the money? That would be the shit, but hopefully they just tour. Hopefully they don't do what Smother Down is now doing, where it's just like, we're just going to do these festivals in these different countries here and there and not release any new music or really hip the states like that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I got to see. The, these are two of my favorite bands, man. I love fucking Rage Against the Machine. Evil Empire is one of my favorite albums ever. Ever, um, but yeah, Raging Is Machine, My Chemical Romance. Yep, they're they're coming back next year, y'all, and, and they're not the only ones. Another band I'm a big fan of, the Black Crows, have recently announced that they are coming back as well next year. They got a show that they're doing around my way um, next summer that I'm definitely going to attempt to see. Uh, so yeah, man, 2020. 2020 the year of band reunions i guess you know i mean three six mafia they just they're coming but they're back you know jcj and dj paul are back you know who else who knows who else we will see come back next year but yeah man uh that's awesome and yeah i got some tours to talk about real quick i'm gonna run through these really quick um and then we're gonna talk about the show that i got that you know i caught that's what this show is, right? Corn um, and Breaking Benjamin are doing a winter tour early next year with special guest Bones UK. Uh, not the rapper Bones, but the band Bones UK. The winter tour kicks off January 23rd in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, man, Corn Breaking Benjamin. I'm a fan of Corn. I hope to see Corn very soon because I really did like their new album, The Nothing. Um, I, th- I think that's one of their best albums they've done. They've really been going on a good roll ever since Head came back. Um, but yeah, man. So if you're a Corn fan like I am, or a, a big Breaking Benjamin fan, definitely want to check out that Winter Tour they will be doing uh, next year for sure. Uh, also going on around the same time, Motionless and White and Beartooth are teaming up to do the Disease and Disguise Tour next year, kicking off January fourth. In, at Seattle, in Seattle, Washington, at Showbox, Soto. Um, I just announced the show around my way as well, and I will definitely be getting my tickets to go to that very soon. So maybe, maybe you'll be getting an episode dedicated to this tour uh, next year, which would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Now, if you are a fan of baby metal, then. And you uh, live in the UK. Baby Mel have some dates announced for February next year. Uh, a couple dates in the UK. Uh, 
start on February 19th through the 23rd. Uh, go to their website, babymail.com, to look those up. They will also be having special guest Creeper, which is a band that is very, very much would not exist without MCU, um, MCU, <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, they they are a band that definitely would not exist uh, without uh, the impact that My Chemical Romance left. Uh, and Creeper is back. That's another thing I'm really excited for. It's a side note. I love Creeper. They're back. Creeper cult. So yeah, Baby Metal with Creeper hitting up the UK on the Metal Galaxy World Tour, which the album Metal Galaxy is the shit. It might be one of my favorite albums this year, for sure. Kill Switch Engage with August Burns Red are doing the Atonement Tour. Another another awesome album that came out this year was Kill Switch Engage's uh, Atonement album. Uh, the Atonement Tour for North America kicks off next year. I think. Uh, ooh, just hit the mic. Uh, I think it's March 10th in Cleveland, Ohio at the Adore at the Agora Theater. Uh, it kicks off at. So if you're a fan of either of them bands, Kill Switch Engage or August Burns Red, then you might want to go to their respective sites and get tickets to that. Now, that's the hip hop stuff. I mean, that's the rock stuff. Uh, oh, we got one more rock show. Uh, Dance Gavin Dance and Animals as Leaders. Are going on a spring tour next year. Uh, they'll also have Vela Maya and Royal Coda with them. This might be another show I have to might have to check out, man. Might be another one, but it kicks off March 12th in LA at the Hollywood Palladium. And yeah, man, Dance Gavin Dance and Animals as Leaders Spring Tour 2020. <laughs> Again, what I was gonna say was that's all the rock tours going down, but we got one hip hop show, one hip hop tour coming. Yo way very soon. Earth Gang signed the Dreamville. Earth Gang's been making a lot of noise this year. Earth Gang will be taking their Welcome to Mirrorland tour so, uh, around North America, around the States one more time, I guess, with special guest Mick Jenkins. Mick Jenkins is the shit. Earth Gang is the shit. If you're a fan of both of them like I am, then you might want to hit up this tour, which kicks off January 16th in Seattle. Uh that's to say the, 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 the venue, but you can go look that shit up on earthgang.net. And yeah, man, those are all the wonderful tours that you could be catching next year. Next year. Now, let's talk about Miss Carrie Underwood and her Cry Pretty Tour, her Cry Pretty 360 Tour. This is my second time seeing Carrie Underwood uh, live and... Yeah, man, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna, sh- bull, you know, mess around with the of this shit anymore. I'm just gonna, you know, we're gonna get to it right after this little brief message from one of my fellow hyphen podcast group affiliates. Let's go. Hiya, puddins. It's your girl, Holly Quinn, a.k.a. Dr. Harleen Quinzel, here to tell you all about it. It's like a podcast or whatever. We talk about nerd stuff and life stuff. And if you want to know what we're about, check out the Powie Awards, our 100th episode, Q and Slay, or theater from our butts. Have a good day, puddins, and love, trust, and belief. I'm sorry. 
But I'm just a girl, not usually the kind to show my heart to the world. I'm pretty good at keeping it together. I hold my composure for worse or for better. So I apologize if you don't like what you see. But sometimes my emotions get the best of me and falling apart. Is as human as it gets. You can't hide it, you can't fight, but the truth. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are now in catch the show show review territory and this is where i will be giving my review and experience at miss carrie underwood's cry pretty tour 360 yes this is uh her recent tour in support of a recent album uh her latest album cry pretty and why is it 360? Because this show was literally 360 in the round. But as I will go on, I will let you know that that's not the first time she has done a show uh, as unique as that before. Uh, which I, I gotta give her props on. Um, because uh, I saw her on her last tour, which I'm, I'm going to have to look up. Pardon me, I'm going to have to look it up real quick because I, I don't remember what the name of the tour was or what the album it was in for because uh sorry guys I'm not a big Carrie Underwood fan I like her as a singer uh but uh you know I know a few songs um and that's just pretty much it like I don't really know her you know catalog like that but um let me see I believe it was the Storyteller Tour, maybe? The Storyteller, uh, for the album Storyteller, I think it was Storyteller Tour, Stories in the Round. Um, which I thought was really, a really cool show, just based off the setup of the stage alone, because we had, like I said, 360 Tour, it was in 360. Um, it was in the round, stage was in the middle, and yeah place was you know the whole building was open for show so i thought that was really cool just over of that because it adds a whole other excuse me visual element that you don't normally get from most um concerts you know it's very rare when you see a show uh go to a concert and you know the performers and the stage the whole setup the whole set is in the middle recently I've actually seen quite a few of them. Um, last year, I went to U2, and their um, songs of, of, what is it? Uh, is it songs of experience and and and. Hold on, I gotta look that up too. Jeez Louise, women squeeze. Oh, okay, hold on a second. What was this tour called? It was uh. Innocence, the Experience and Innocence Tour. Uh, that was last year that I went to. Uh, and U2 was, again, it was a 360 tour. U2 was in the middle. U2 was dead in the middle of the tour. Um, other show I also saw was, um, later last year, was the um, Munford and Sons 
on there and I also have to look this one up as well for their Delta tour last year. That was also in the round. That stage was very unique as well. All the stages for nowadays for shows that are 360 in the round are very unique. Um, I mean, uh, the Aubrey and the three amigos tour, but with Drake and Migos that tour, I saw, what was it? A couple of years ago now, I believe. Was it last year? I honestly didn't. I think it was last year. Last year. Yeah, it was last year. I saw it. So that's about three shows, probably more, that I saw last year that were also in the round. So maybe it's not as rare as uh, as it once was, but I will tell you one. But Carrie Underwood is, is one that seems to really be putting her stamp on it because uh, this, is, this is the second tour she's done. Um... This is the second tour she's done back to back, you know, in the round. So dope. Um, I know not too long ago too, I believe Jay Z did his four forty four tour um in the round as well. I didn't go see that one. Um but yeah, so it's not, it's not as taboo as maybe it once was. You know, you used to really luck out on seeing artists do these type of shows you know or really you know it used to be more special but I guess it still is you know but it's becoming it seems like it's kind of becoming a little more common I guess nowadays I don't know we'll see I'll let you know on the uh next artist I see who's in the round or doing a 360 setup uh for their for their show but yeah man it's Carrie Underwood it's not the first time I've seen Carrie Underwood it's not my first foray into the artist that is Carrie Underwood. I've definitely been hot, uh, hot or hype or hip. <laughs> I've definitely been hip to Miss Underwood since American Idol. I was, uh, I believe she was in 2004. It was, um, she, uh, season four of American Idol. Uh, she won 2005. It was 2005 when that happened, so she was a 2005 season four winner of American Idol. I'm trying to see, remember, who was she up against? Who was the runner-up? Because I know, and sorry to all the Carrie Underwood fans who are listening to this, but I just know I was more for the person she was up against. And I believe, I believe... We'll see. But I'm pretty sure that it was. Was it Bo Bikes, actually? I think it was Bo Bikes. Hmm. I think it was actually Bo Bikes. Yeah, it was actually Bo Bice. I guess I was thinking of was it is it Taylor Hicks? Soul Patrol? Is that his name? I guess I was thinking of him more. I definitely was a Soul Patrol dude. Looking back on it, I was like, eh, it was what it was. It was a time. But yeah, I was more for Bo Bice because I just like rock. I was just like, what do rock singers do? It was con I think Constantine was originally part of it. Yeah, it was Constantine Morales. 
Um, was on yeah, Constantine Morales. I was for him, I think I was for him originally, and once he was gone, I think that's when I was like, well, I'm going with Bowden. I wanted the Rock dude to win basically. Um, I just wanted the Rock stars win. I was like, it's Rock star, man. I'll pay for the Rock star, but um. No, I came down to Miss Underwood, and you know what? Fast forward, man, over 10 years later, almost 15 years later, as she says uh, a few times during the show, fast forward, you know, it's 15 years later, pretty much, and, you know, she's a star. She's the star. She's one of the stars who break out from American Idol. Really, it's only her and Kelly Clarkson that have really become as big as they have from winning the show i mean yeah you know you got jordan sparks you know a little bit but you know she's she hasn't reached their level fortunately and she, not that she's bad or anything it just didn't go as planned i guess in that in that degree the other only person i can think of besides them that um i guess you know fantasia of course she's one but again it, it's still not at the level of Kelly and Carrie, um, you know, the other person I can kind of only other person I can kind of think that's, you know, on their level from American Idol to some degree is Jennifer Hudson, but Jennifer Hudson never won. Jennifer Hudson didn't win. And on top of that, you know, she's, you know, she's not really doing these kind of shows. She's not at the same level as them, you know, and all, and I would go as far as saying maybe now that Carrie Underwood is even surpassed Kelly Clarkson. Because um, I, I think Kelly Clarkson is kind of, you know, taking a different route than maybe what she once was at one point. I think Carrie Underwood just sort of kept her train running in the lane that she started up in. And she's just still been in that lane. It's just she's still doing these shows. You know, I can't I, I don't know anybody else, you know, that's from American Isle that's doing it like this, man. So gotta give miss underwood her props she is pretty much the biggest american isle win winner as of right now uh to date at least like she's she's doing arenas she's doing big 360 huge production type tours so yeah put some respect on carrie underwood's name y'all <laughs> now the other reason I was never really a big Carrie Underwood fan um, is because it's country and I've just recently gotten into country like a couple years ago you know and even with that Carrie Underwood is not really the type of country I would listen to so much but I definitely will say she's one of the better singers in country which is over the last few years it's become a little more common than it once was at one point uh in, at least for pop country at very least you know nowadays you got you know you, you got chris stapleton you know and many others um not just him but uh you know just off the top of my head but you know it's more singing it's more singers some people you can tell like really you know sing thing and not just you know do a little twang with your voice and kind of sing in a little melody. Like, isn't, you know, nothing like that, you know. Which is very, which is one of the things that I've never really been able to get into country with is because 
it can get easily repetitive. Like a lot of artists, at least a lot of mainstream country artists, use the same melodies and riffs and, and whatnot that another artist in their field would use, you know? So it's, it's, you know, it, it becomes, sometimes it can get a little more redundant than just regular pop, you know, sometimes even rap. I mean, that happens with mainstream music because it's mainstream and they're chasing the, the sound that appeals to everyone. But country to me was the one that just kind of seemed like very boxed in and not enough, you know, variety, so much like you could sort of put your finger on the sound. You know, oh, Hunter Hayes is another one that I think can really sing and is really uh, talented as well. Hunter Hayes, another one I like. But then, you know, over time, over the last few years, you know, you've got your Sturgill Simpsons, Chris Stapleton, Zach Brown Band is another one I really like. Um, and Casey Musgraves, who's probably my favorite uh, in the country field, even though she kind of seems like she's kind of gone more to a pop side, but still got her toe in country, you know, and, and, you know, you get the the higher the the high woman. If y'all haven't heard that, the high woman is mm, good. Maren um, Morris as well. She's 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 a good singer, really good singer. Yeah, and, and and yeah, man. I mean, so you know, there's a lot more variety in country now to where I'm more into it than I ever was. And you know, I can't. You know, I I I still see why some people would be like, I listen to everything except country, but. <laughs> You know, I still would say, eh, don't knock it till you try. Just got to find what, what appeals to you, really. Um, but, yeah, I don't knock Carrie Underwood. Um, she's just not my kind of country artist I would listen to. But you can't, can't knock her voice, her vocal skills. Her vocal skills are top notch, for real. Like, she can sing sang like she she can sing but she can also sang and that's why i'll give her that um give her that for sure so you know um this is the 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 you know there's a big deal about this tour and about this this is in at all just because um you know this is her comeback basically cry pretty is basically her comeback um because i i remember there was a, a um she what was it exactly she she was injured i believe i'm reading this off a of wiki it says that she sustained injuries in a fall at home that resulted in a broken wrist and several facial stitches Ooh, underwood did not make any public appearances for several months following the incident i can understand that yeah yeah i remember that that was a that kind of was that either forgotten or did it just really come by really quick? Because then it was just like, okay, she's back, cry pretty. Uh, but yeah, she's um, I remember that and being you know, being a little bit concerned too. I was just like, huh, because it was like she's really hiding away, you know, whatever happened. But um, she's back, obviously. Uh, and yeah, cry pretty tour 360. Let's get into it, man. So this is going to be a little brief because this show is very straightforward. It's a very straightforward show. Yeah. Unique setup, unique, you know, big production, all that jazz, but it's pretty straightforward for the most part, man, as a show, like it wasn't that crazy 
you know, than what I've typically seen for in concerts. Um, probably the most standout thing was just sort of the transition of in between performances and the use of a DJ. I believe his name was DJ Venom. I'm gonna double check that really quick if I can find it. Um, I think that's his name. I think that's the dude's name. DJ, I think it was DJ Venom. I'm sure, but um, yeah, man. It, it, it. So, the inter- the most interesting thing about this show is this guy. This guy DJing from as soon as you come inside to pretty much till Carrie Underwood comes on stage. Um, he's in the middle of the stage. He's DJing. And what's cool is he's mixing in, you know, popular country songs with pop and hip hop and rock it it was pretty cool i mean it's not nothing new i know i even know some djs who who do that shout out to dj strizzy who definitely knows how to mix the country in with anything on his uh playlist you know or in his setup but yeah it was very interesting to see it in a country show because it's almost it's, it's kind of cool that you know they're taking to account that it's like not everyone just listens to country that's that's what you would assume if you're a fan of a country artist and you're a fan of country music which is actually something funny you hear throughout the night because so many people i think even he said it at one point he was like make some noise if you love country music and it's like hey you're playing um little john right now <laughs> you're playing little little john is playing right now and you're asking and you're telling people to scream for country music it's like yeah, it's a little ironic right now i mean yeah it's country show basically but you know you, you it's it's like hey let's make some noise for this specific genre which you rarely see like maybe a hip-hop show or like an old school hip-hop show they'll be like make some noise for hip-hop you know or, or maybe you know at a, a, a an old school metal show they'll be like make some noise if you love heavy metal you know but rarely do you go to like I don't know, Ariana Grande concert, and she's just like, if you love pop music, make some noise. It's not really, you know, you don't really hear it like that. So, you know, that's kind of funny, I guess, that, you know, throughout the night, not just him, but I think even, you know, the opening acts up to, I think even Carrie Underwood herself at one point was just like, you know, just kept asking crowd, like, if you love country music or make some noise, if you love country music, you know, and it's, you know, it's like, well, your DJ is playing an assortment of not just country music. So, which was funny because, like, I think the one of the last things he played was that guy that actually got the crowd really up and going and you could hear everybody singing along to it was Old Town Road, which originally was even debated is this a country song or not and honestly i don't think it matters i think it's just the song of the people it's the song of 2019 it's 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 gonna be a song that people are probably gonna be jamming to five to ten years from now because i've seen this song get played numerous times 
in different settings and everyone knows it and everyone is singing along to it. And it's a vibe. It's a vibe for real. So yeah, the the DJ was the interesting element in this because you know he's playing he's he's playing he's mixing in country music along with just a bunch of everything. It's like a nice long mix he had going on, man. That was just playing, you know, before the show and in between acts up till, like I said, till Carrie actually came out. And uh, he was basically not just the DJ for the night, but he was also the MC because you know he eventually would end, uh, end up bringing out the opening acts. Who our first opening act was. Runaway June. So first off, the thing I liked about this show off the get-go was aside from you know the DJ mix. I I like the DJ. If I didn't clarify that, I liked DJ Venom, if I believe his name is, uh, and what he um brought to the show. I actually liked uh the the addition of him. But um Uh, the thing, the other thing I liked about this tour, this show was just it basically being about the women. This is a women-only show, almost. Of course, other than the DJ and their backing bands, but this was mostly for the ladies. You know, this whole like the opening acts and the main event. We're ladies, are all ladies in country. Specifically, groups were the opening acts. Runaway June is a trio. Uh, uh, from well, first they're signed to Wheelhouse Records, um, and they are apparently from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, made up of Naomi Cook, Hannah Mulholland, and Jennifer Wayne. Uh, Wheelhouse Records is an imprint of Broken Bow Records. Uh, and they've been nominated for an Academy of Country Music Award for Best New Vocal Group in 2018. I'm reading li- literally all this on Wikipedia. Uh, but yeah, I I think I've heard a little bit of Runaway June. I can't say for certain that I, I know who they are exactly. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I've come across them at least because their name is very familiar, and I mean I'm always, you know, got my ear to, you know, what's the new, what's the new, what's the new going ons, with the groups in country, especially the lady groups, cause, you know, high women, the high women, pistol annies, you know, I like to be a little hip those and see what the ladies are doing in country when the ladies come together in country so uh but yeah so they were all right they weren't bad um their sound it's pretty typical pop country but i like some pop country like oh not oh sometimes it's a guilty pleasure sometimes not like kane brown's put out some stuff that i've kind of like i like old dominion they're not bad to me. I know that some people feel some way about, but I like their old, uh, their their old album, their last album, um, which was uh, what was what was their last album called? I have it on my iPod. I have it on my iPod. Uh, Happy Endings. I actually liked Happy Endings. You know, I I thought that was really good. I thought it was a really good, nice little you know kind of pop country record. 
But um, yeah. So I heard a few songs I liked by them. I have to listen to their album Blue Roses, which came out this year. I have to go. I have to give that a listen probably after this episode. Um, maybe if I can remember, uh, in the beginning of this episode. I mean, you'll heard you've you've heard it before I have. <laughs> at this point in the episode, I will let you know if I dug it, dug the album or not. I don't know, but um. Yeah, man, I've heard some songs during their set that were uh, decent, you know, not bad. And everything else was just kind of like, uh, okay, it's, you know, I've heard something like this before. Um, they were good, though. Their their harmonies were all right. They Their harmonies weren't too um, mind-blowing or, you know, you know, just, you know, just like, wow, you know, amazing or anything like that, you know. But, um. You know, they sound good together vocally. That's what I will say. Um, I did <laughs> one thing I, I, I kind of liked, but at the same time, it's fine funny. Um, and I find it funny because I, I consider it a country music trope um, just from performances I've seen. But um, they, they, I think at one point, they all three of them had acoustic guitars. And I, I, I've made jokes, me and friends and family, we've made jokes before of like country music is like the one genre where you can never have too many acoustic guitars. Because I think it was like, what was it like, was it Big and Rich or I think it was actually Florida Georgia Line. They were like on, on like Jimmy Kimmel or, or late or the Tonight Show or something. They were playing and, you know, it was like they had a six piece band. And half the band had acoustic guitars and the other half had electric guitars. So it's just like, you can always throw an acoustic guitar in there somewhere, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I thought, I thought, um, I was just like, oh yeah, well, of course the three of them have acoustic guitars. Yeah. And they look beautiful by the way, too. I liked their outfits. They were they weren't wearing gowns, but they had like these long, I don't know what you call them. They're kind of like dress uh, sweaters or I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know my clothing and shit like that. So whatever. They looked beautiful. Um, they looked beautiful and they didn't sound bad neither. So yeah, Runaway June, I thought they were pretty good. And uh, I'm gonna check out their album Blue Roses, their their debut album, Blue Roses, and you should too to see what they're about. Uh, might be better than 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 what I thought I heard at the show, which they weren't bad, they were good. You know, it's just you know I, I was listening, I was just like, eh, I'm not really hearing anything that makes me want to listen to them, but I'm still gonna check them out because I I like what they're doing on stage, uh, the three of them. Head Over Heels, I think, was the um, one that I I, I I was like, oh, this isn't bad. This is all right. Um, buy My Own Drinks. No, that's the one, I actually. I can buy my own drinks. Yeah, I like that one. That that was more of, I like that song. It's sort of like their, uh, you know, sort of like the, the, you know, I'm a woman, I don't need a man type, you know, feminist song. You, you, I like it when, because you don't get that enough from country. Country's a little one of those things that's kind of been, you know, inclusive of women, but still a little more male-dominated. So, you know, I mean, how many times can you hear about, you know, 
dudes at the bar drinking in their trucks and you know they see that pretty woman and they just gotta have her yeah you know kind of songs but yeah Runaway Dream was cool after them you know a little more from the DJ and then he introduced and brought out Maddie and Tay Maddie and Tay uh, I believe I'm familiar with them I believe because it, it, the reason I say I believe is because there was at one point a few years ago where whether it was pop or pop country sort of not indie but sort of like I don't know like upcoming pop and pop country artists there was always a women duo a young women duo and it was always her name and her name that's how their 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 group names were always were so I don't know if I'm familiar with Maddie and Tay or if they're new but Maddie and Tay it says they've been active since 2010 so I I'm pretty sure I've come across their music at one point let me just make sure because there was one group I remember had a song that I did kind of like um I don't know if it was Maggie and Tay probably wasn't Maggie and Tay but I don't know <laughs> I don't so yeah but Maggie and Tay was next and um Maggie and Tay yeah they are signed to uh well they were were they they were signed to Dot Records I think they're signed to now to Mercury Nashville not that it matters but I'm just reading a little bio on them but um yeah they're singers they're songwriters best friends as they say at some point during the show and um yeah, they were fine actually. They were alright. They had more of a bigger backing band with for them. Um Uh and honestly, I don't have too much to say. I'm sorry if you're a Maggie and Tay fan and you're you've been listening to this point because you're just like, So what'd you think of what did he think of Maggie and Tay? I kinda had the same feelings about them as I did with um Runaway June. You know, just man, they're fine. Maggie and Tay are fine. They're good. Um, but I, I didn't hear much from them that really piqued my interest. Like, their vocals were okay, you know. And I'll get to the vocals for actually both groups a little later. Because there was a certain part during the show uh, where you heard all the women together. Um, and... It was a clear observation of something that I was thinking about, uh, you know, which we'll get to a little bit. But May and Tay, they were okay. They were fine. It wasn't really not much I could, um, really not much I could really say about them other than they were they were all right, you know. So yeah, we're gonna fast forward after the opening acts. Oh, both opening acts though overall were pretty good. Uh, not bad. Um, all I can say it's good. You know, not bad at all. Um, I mean, you can't be bad on that stage. You are surrounded by the crowd, and the stage is huge. And yeah, you're right there. You're just literally 
the center of attention in that moment. So, yeah. Um, Maddie and Tay refine. Runaways June. Runaway. Runaways June. Runaway June refine. And next up was Carrie Underwood, introduced by the DJ. I believe again. I think it's DJ Venom. That's what it sounded like he was saying. Um, introduced Carrie Underwood. And yeah, lights went off. These sort of uh, see-through curtains came down around the stage, and you know had these you know you know visuals and effects coming on them and whatnot. And then they showed Carrie Underwood's name. Of course, the crowd went nuts because it's a eighty per eighty to eighty-five percent all women crowd. Uh, Carrie Underwood in cowboy boots that too <laughs> but yeah so crowd was going nuts you know Carrie Underwood's there and she rises up from beneath the stage Carrie Underwood comes out and I believe the first song she does is Southbound um and yeah show kicks off there you know and again very straightforward show uh like, there's not too much I can dive into. Carrie's got her band. They're good. You know, guitars, bassists, drummers, you know, the works. You know, I believe there's violinist. I can't remember. Fiddler. I'm not sure exactly. But, you know, backup singers, all that. She's got, you know, she's got her backing band. She can sing. She's got pipes. And, yeah, they're performing on the stage. There's some pyro here and there. There's some fade here and there, you know, and whatnot. It's a it's a show, you know. I, I, there's no s- distinctive, specific moments that really stick out for me, especially since I'm not a big Carrie Underwood fan like that. Now, um, I'm, I take that back a little bit. There are some moments in the show that did stick out for me, uh, other than you know the regular portion of her set that is you know just her performing. Um, There, there was a p- moment in the show, halfway during her set, where um, she did, uh, she basically said she, you know, since it's been like, like I was saying, it's been like 15 years since she won American Idol, and now she's here where she is, you know, um, and I like, that's another thing, side note, again, that's another thing I actually did like about her is that she just kind of just kind of shoots the shit with the crowd. Like she just kind of talks to the crowd normally. She's not really. It doesn't sound like she's reading from a script or whatever, or she's going based off of the script of the show or anything like that. Like she's just kind of. It seems like she's just kind of winging it, just kind of talking to the crowd. Like y'all my people, y'all my friends. We're cool, you know. Like we're fam, whatever. You know, and um, I got to dig that. Like there was a there was a genuine authenticity to it with the way she talked to the crowd. So, you know, she was talking about, you know, basically just at this point in the show, she's just talking about basically what even made her go to audition for American Idol. Um, and because it's been 15 years since then, she pretty much decided that she was going to do some of the songs that her and her band well, some of the members of her band that have been with her since she won the show 
haven't done since those early days. So the songs she did were uh, Temporary Home off of her uh, third album, Play On. I believe it's Play, yeah, third, third album, Play On. Um, See You Again off of her fourth album, Blown Away. Um, I Know You Won't, I don't know which album that's off of. Uh, Just a Dream off of her second album, Carnival Ride. And then she did uh, Dream On by Aerosmith, um, which I have to say uh, was actually really good. Uh, her perform- She actually really, she, she killed that actually. She actually killed that performance of it. Um Yeah, I have to give her, I have to give her tougher. That that was probably one of the stale moments for her because I was just like, oh, she's she's actually she's singing, singing it like for real, which I've rarely, if ever, heard um, any anyone actually hit like that. Now I know it's been covered to death on American Idol before, um, but you know, I've not been paying attention to the amount of times people have freaking performed dream on on American Idol I mean I haven't watched American Idol since since probably since Jordan Sparks won um so yeah I don't know I'm not keeping up that all I know is that when she did dream on uh just like okay Carrie Underwood yeah you 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 hit those notes so yeah that was that was good um right after that she actually did she just take the wheel I am familiar with that song uh something in the water uh, was another one I, I'm familiar with. She did that one as well, and this was the moment that I kind of mentioned about with the women, the rest of the women. So she mentioned, of course, that this was you know she wanted to basically put together a tour, you know that was all women. Dope, loved it, uh, and that's why she had Runaway June and Maggie and Tay with her, and she brought both groups out. And this is what I like. They did a medley of hits from some of country's finest women. You know, not finest attractive ones, but just sort of legendary women from in the in country. You know, they did um, "Stand by Your Man" by Tammy Wynette. Is it Wynette or Wynette? I don't know how to always say it. Wynette. You know, uh, they did "Coal Miner's Daughter" by Loretta Lynn. Uh, they did, of course, Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Um, was it she, She's in Love with the Boy by Trisha Yearwood. Um, I think Trisha, Trisha Yearwood passed away, didn't she? No, Trisha, Trisha Yearwood is still alive. Okay, cool, cool. Trisha Yearwood is still alive. Um, they did Independence Day by Martina McBride. Uh Let's see. Uh, 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 ooh, 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 ooh. So, what was it? Wild One by Faith Hill. Hell yeah. Um, Why Haven't I Heard From You, of course, by Reaper McIntyre. And the one. Oh, I can't leave this. What was uh, uh Walking After Midnight by Patsy Klein. Rocking with the Rhythm of the Rain uh, by The Judds, which I thought that was pretty. It's a good one to do the Judds with Naomi and Wynonna Judd. Um, and 
the one I was just like, okay, if y'all doing this, y'all have to do this one. Like I was thinking it as they were like halfway into it. I was like, you gotta do this one. Like it just come on, it makes sense. You gotta do this one. And of course, they ended it with the one I was thinking of, which is "Man, I Feel Like a Woman" by Shania Twain. So I was like, okay, there you go. That's the cherry on top of this medley. You guys, you guys did that. You guys did that. And I like too that they had the pictures uh, of the women on the screens as they were performing them. Uh, I, I like that was my favorite part probably of the entire show. I thought that was really a really dope tribute. Like that's something you probably would have seen on the, on the country music award show maybe or something like that. But I thought they did better than you actually would have probably seen it on a, a, a country music award show, you know, the CMAs or whatnot. So I actually really dug that part, part of the show. I mean, they did, they, they hit the ones they hit the, the, the legends in the game. And I thought that was, um, I, I really liked that melody a lot. I really did. I thought it was good. They sounded good together, even though what I was actually going to say was Carrie was out singing all of them. <laughs> Carrie was out singing all of them. Somebody in Runaway June has has a has a has a, a, a good voice to where they were close to Carrie. But Carrie was was schooling them, to be to be honest. Carrie was schooling them on it. But Carrie was leading the way, and yes, it was her part of the show. It's her show. It's her tour. You know, she was inviting them on stage for something she was probably her idea, anyway. So she was pretty much leading the charge through this this tribute, this medley. Um, but yeah, man, it was very obvious <laughs> that um, who was who was the uh, the 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 sanger amongst the six ladies six ladies of the evening um but i did i really enjoyed this part show i really did dig it i really did especially that they they ended with the one i was thinking like you gotta end it with this one and they did it they ended it with shania twain's man i feel like a woman which is like yeah of course because this is your tribute to the women of country music so bam Try to think if there was anybody they left out, and yeah, Dixie Chicks. They didn't do anything about Dixie Chicks, man. Which is like that. We could, we could kind of go into a whole other topic conversation about like how the Dixie Chicks have just sort of been blackballed from country, you know, almost. Where it's just like you guys forget that there was these this trio of women that was just huge at one point in the game You're like really y'all don't not 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 acknowledging so yeah i don't know but yeah uh i like this part that was my favorite part of the show i have to say um right after that she did undo it which is one is a song i do like by carrie undo it that is a song i dig uh, i dig by her um then she uh she brought out someone uh one of the guys who helped her write the champion, you know, the song she does for, um, um, the NF, uh, for, uh, what was it for the Super Bowl? I think she did for the Super Bowl, actually. But, um, let me see. There was a few, it was one of the songwriters. It was Christopher Bridges, Chris, Chris, Stefano, and Brett James. She brought out one of them to rap Ludacris's part. Um, 
which if I had to be completely honest, they didn't do it that with justice, but I mean, come on, it's someone who wrote the song and Ludacris. Ludacris is Christopher Bridges. <laughs> Ludacris is Chris Bridges. Christopher Bridges, one of the people who wrote the song, and Ludacris is Christopher Bridges. So, was it Christopher Bridges? Because <laughs> that's ludicrous. It's <laughs> That's ludicrous. Get it? Whatever. I'm moving on from that. Uh, so, it was either Chris DeStefano or Brett James. I think she brought, may have brought out both to help, but I don't know. But that was okay part. Um, and she ended the main, she ended her set with Before He Cheats, which is the song I know by her and I remember I used to not like that song but over time it's like one of those songs that's become somewhat nostalgic in a odd way in a twist so yeah I, I'm just like I, I like that song now like that was the song I was like when is she gonna do that that's the one I want to hear uh, she did that left stage pyro at the end of it boom and that was it and you know of course there's that little break in between you know the end of the show and the encore of course she came back out for the encore did cry pretty and love wins and that was the end of the show pretty much um and yeah man it was um it was all right uh it was an okay show um i don't it, i can't say it was even better i can't say it was better than the last one, the storytellers one. I can't even say that. I would just say it was just a good show. You know, it was just as good, pretty much, honestly. Um, the opening acts were good. I thought Runaway June was good. Uh, Maddie and Tay, they were all right, too. Um, and Carrie, she she was fine. You know, she did what I expect. You know, I like Carrie Underwood. I don't have a problem with her. Um, so, yeah, man, I, 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 I the show was all right. If I had the great show, as I do normally, I give it a C, um, C plus, because I just thought the stage set was really good. Um, that was probably the biggest thing, along with, of course, the um, the medley, the uh, the the country, the women of country medley that she did with a uh, Runaway June and Maggie and Tay. Uh, I I think the stage setup was probably one of the most impressive, probably the most impressive thing about the entire show, in my opinion, the production. Um, you know, but other than that, uh, the show was all right. You know, um, if you're a fan of Carrie Underwood and you're thinking about going, I say definitely go, you'll enjoy this way more than I did. Um, and I was close to loving it, but it just, you know, not too much happened that I was just like blown away by. It was just kind of predictable, you know, a little bit, I guess, which is odd to say when you're going into a show blind, but you know, it was what it was. Uh, and I have no problem with it. You know, I, I think if you're a fan of Carrie Underwood or if you just want to go see, a, 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 you know, a big production country music concert, this would be one of them, man. Yeah, so go, you know, if you're thinking about going to see Carrie Underwood on the Cry Pretty Tour 360, go see Carrie Underwood on the Cry Pretty Tour 360 then. I think you would get your money's worth, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, that is it. That is all I have to say about this show, man. Um, if you want to hear more of what I think about just music and pop culture in general, or when I had, or when, you know, maybe get a little 
hint of what's the next show I'm going to see that will be talked about on a future episode of this show, go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at catcher of shows. That's catcher such as catcher in the rye of like, of course, you're going to follow me shows because I catch shows. I'm the catcher of shows. And this has been catch the show. I'm your host, DG saying, see you guys next time. And, you know, you can, you know, you can look pretty when you cry, but you can't cry pretty. Or maybe you can. I don't know. I've never cried pretty. I mean, you could pretty cry, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe you can cry pretty. Or maybe you can pretty cry. I don't know. Maybe you cry. Maybe you, maybe you cry a little bit pretty. I don't know. Cry a little bit pretty. Maybe, maybe you can pretty much kind of cry. Miles Amadeus Prowler here, host of the I Black Man podcast, member of the Hyphen Podcast Network, and now host of a podcast called Fresh. Now, a simple man. I like subs to dubs, manga to anime. Now, the way I feel is, it doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politician, hell, even the feminists say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something is whack is dope. This podcast was founded on one principle above all, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe in, no matter the consequences or the odds. When the internet, when the press, and the whole world tells you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree between the rivers of continuity and canon, look them square in the face and you tell them, no, you move. Podcast called Fresh, Coming to you guys, Hype Podcast Network. Check it out. Coming soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure.